one rule in DFS this season is fade Cooper Cup at your own risk. What will we do in week seven? Welcome into Fantasy Football Today DFS on Thursday, October 21st. Frank Sample joined as always by Sia Najad and Mike McClure here to deep dive each game on the main slate. And then we'll wrap up later on with our cheat sheet favorite value, chalk, contrarian, and stack of the week. Week seven is here. 10 games on the main slate, two games with a total of 50 plus this week. That is the Chiefs at the Titans and then the Lions at the Rams. We have six more games with a total of 50, uh, 47 or more. 57 would be a lot uh, if we had that many. We have three games with a double digit spread as well. So it's a very interesting week. What is going on, See, How are we feeling about week seven? You know, it's funny how you started the show. I didn't know you were going to start like that, but I've built a few lines already and somehow Cooper Cup is not in any of them. And it's just like, I must be a glutton for punishment because like, tisk, what am tisk. I doing, right? How dare you? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to say at this point. I got to put him into a couple lineups, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll figure that out. We have the revenge narrative for Matthew Stafford and DeAndre Hopkins. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Mike, how are we feeling about week seven? Uh, we're feeling good. Anytime we've got the Chiefs in a competitive game that's a uh, total over 55, yeah, I'm, you know I'm excited about it. So uh, like Sia though, I didn't have a ton of Cooper Cup. I can't say zero. I had some. Um, most of the lineups are deciding between Cooper Cup and Tyree Kill. Some of them have both. Um, Derrick Henry is the guy that isn't anywhere to be found yet, uh, but that will obviously change because I will force him into some. But we're doing well, feeling good, um, finishing this podcast, flying to Austin, Texas later tonight, and it's going to be a good weekend. Well, I was about to ask you where do your allegiances lie this week because I know you're a Chiefs fan, but you live like – a couple of blocks away from where the Titans play. So what happens when the Chiefs face the Titans? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm definitely a Chiefs fan. I wouldn't say that I am a Titans fan. I've only, you know, I've been here less than two years. I haven't really, I can't really adopt the team if they're like in the same conference typically is my philosophy on it. Like in baseball, I think it's fine to adopt a national league team. If your team is an American league team, I think that's totally fine. But, uh, you know, I'll support the Titans a little bit, but hundred percent Chiefs fan when they're playing each other. I don't know if I've revealed this on this podcast before. I've definitely talked about it on the baseball podcast, but I am a firm believer in you have to root for the team in your geographic location or from where you grew up, right? Like there's no wishy-washy, all right, I root for two teams. I live in New York. I root for both the Yankees and the Mets. No, like we can't do that. It's you have one team, you stick with that team, and it's usually where you're from. Rant over. Chiefs at the Titans. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites with a 57 and a half point total. See, it seemed like you wanted to say something. So I know you're a Washington fan. You live in Florida. Do you want to get it off your chest? Well, I, I mean, I moved to Florida in 2007. So I was in, right. in the Washington area before that. The, the one pushback I'll give you, though, is, you know, growing up, I, I played basketball and I just loved in the late 80s, when I saw Magic Johnson on TV, I was like, what is this? He was doing things I had never seen before from an assist standpoint, just from a uh, helping his teammates out. It was just like a circus in terms of like the way that team operated. It was fantastic. So sometimes you attach to a player and then your allegiance just pours over to the team. And I, I really was a Lakers fan for like 20 years after that. Now I'm back to the Wizards and all the, the Washington teams. But just that's just kind of an aside. Some people might root for a team outside of their city just by on account of the fact that they like a particular player growing up. 
I can relate to that because I was a huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan growing up. So loved Kobe, uh, but obviously a huge Knicks fan as well, unfortunately. Chiefs at the Titans. The Titans are not favored in this game. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites with a 57 and a half point total. That is by far the highest total on the main slate. All of these odds come via Caesar Sportsbook. And injuries for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill did not practice on Thursday, still dealing with that quad injury. Travis Kelsey was limited with a neck injury. And for the Titans, A.J. Brown did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Still recovering from that illness that he was dealing with last week. He still played pretty good uh, in that game. Julio Jones did not practice with a hamstring. Uh, He probably will not be fine for this week, but I guess we'll pay attention to Friday and see what happens with Julio Jones. Uh, Considering the next closest total is seven points behind this one, I'm assuming this game will be very popular. And I asked Mike this on our last podcast, so see, I'll throw it your way. What are you doing with Derrick Henry this week? Because he's 9,200 on DraftKings. And basically, your first decision point this week is, do you pay up for Derrick Henry or do you pay up for one of the wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, or Tyreek Hill in this very game? Because it is really hard to fit you know, any of those two in your lineup together. Yeah, it is going to be hard. I mean, I, I think one way, you, if you want to play Derrick Henry, and, and I, I think I'm kind of split right now. My, my guess is when it's all said and done, let's say I make 20 lineups, only five of them are going to feature Derrick Henry. And I'm just going to hope, like, listen, he's going to score a touchdown or two. I'm just going to hope he doesn't break off that long run with a couple of touchdowns associated with it and pay off that. Because he, he has to do really well to pay off the 9,200 price tag. It's not just like a touchdown and 100 yards that's going to pay that off. So it's just something to keep in mind. He does have to have a good game now. Granted, he's playing Kansas City, so like odds are he's probably going to have a good game, but I don't mind fading him because it's just so prohibitive to put him in your lineups. Like I'm I'm more interested in playing Mahomes with Tyreek Hill or Mahomes with Kelsey and bringing it back with AJ Brown. Like I really like what I saw from AJ Brown. We thought he was going to be on some you know, super restrictive snap count. But I believe he played 80% of the snaps just last week. Now we know Julio Jones is out. So even more targets are going to go to A.J. Brown. Not only targets, but quality targets. When they needed a first down last week, they just went to A.J. Brown, period. And he caught everything thrown his way. So um, I prefer stacks with Mahomes and an elite pass catcher and bringing it back with A.J. Brown. Um, I think it's fine to play Derrick Henry, but there's so much value that we're going to talk about on this show right in that upper 5K to, to 6K range. And they're not as good as Derrick Henry, but but those types of values give you the salary relief to really pay up at some of these other positions. Yep, AJ Brown, you brought up his usage from last week. Uh, right around 80% of the snaps, as you mentioned, he ran 26 routes. 14 of those were in the slot. It was his highest slot route percentage of the season. So definitely worked out well for A.J. Brown last week. Mike, I know that you're a big fan of stacking up your Kansas City Chiefs. How are you looking to stack this game? Obviously, we have Mahomes. We have Darrell Williams, who is very affordable at 5,800. He has tw- he had 24 touches last week. Uh, Tyree kills 8,600. Kelsey is 76. Miko Hardman is down at 4,300. And then for the Titans, we have Tannehill, 6,400, and A.J. Brown, who will probably be pretty popular this week at 63. How are you looking to stack this game? Yeah, it's going to be, it's kind of boring to talk about because it's the same as last week and the same as most of the weeks that they're on the main slate. It's going to be Mahomes, Daryl Williams, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman. I'm going to have all four of them in my cash game lineup, bringing it back with A.J. Brown. There is six of the players in my optimal lineup when you run it, and that's just how it's going to be there. The value is simply too good on Miko Hardman. If you wanted to make adjustments and not force a double 
stack there, then you could play Cooper Cup over Tyreek Hill if you wanted to have a, you know, give yourself a little bit different roster construction. But as of right now, it's Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Michael Hardman. And like I said, Michael Hardman is just simply too cheap at that price tag. Uh, he's been very, very, very close to busting long plays for touchdowns. That will happen at some point this season. He was very close in that last game. Uh, but the price point is just simply too low. So that, that's where I'm headed on this game for sure. Yeah, I think Daryl Williams will be very popular in cash games this week, and rightfully so, uh, seeing that usage from last week, the 24 touches, the fact that he had three receptions, two touchdowns, uh, obviously elite usage for him there. Um, see, and any- Frank, Frank, one thing I want to point out here is, you know, I certainly, if you're making, let's say again, like 10 lineups or 20 lineups, this is such a great game to stack, but obviously you're not going to use every one of your DraftKings or FanDuel lineups just to stack this game. You're probably going to want to stack some other games, you know, do some some things a little different. And the only reason I bring that up is because even if you stack a different game, you should probably have shares of this game. Like, for example, McCall Hardman is a really good example. He's super cheap. He makes so many other things work. But Daryl Williams, too. Like, we saw it last week a little bit. Kansas City set, settled for a lot of field goals. I mean, it, late in the game, they started to pop off a little bit. But it really was about to be a really kind of bad statistical game for a lot of the elite players. But I think Daryl Williams is a guy that if you're not stacking this game, just throw him in your lineup. Make sure you're getting some shares of this game. You could even do that with A.J. Brown. So you could use this, obviously, as a primary stack, but also as a secondary stack where you're getting McCole Hardman and A.J. Brown or Daryl Williams and A.J. Brown or even Daryl Williams and, and Derrick Henry if that's how you want to use your stack. I mean, imagine if both of them hit, the pass catchers don't hit, and the stack that you had, your primary stack hits, I mean, you like you, you can't lose. Like That would be a perfect scenario. So those are just things to consider if you're not stacking this game. When I first introduced this game, I said that Julio Jones did not practice. Uh, that was for Wednesday. It turns out that he was limited on Thursday. Mike, if Julio Jones plays, does that affect your exposure to A.J. Brown? Uh, it would not affect my exposure to A.J. Brown. I just might mean that I might play more Julio Jones in some of the secondary lineups. But, uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I actually think he helps A.J. just a little bit, especially if he's a little bit limited but enough of a decoy out there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it hurts AJ all that much, especially if it allows AJ Brown to just go ahead and really man that the slot. I, I love him running routes from the slot. I think that he's going to absolutely destroy the Chiefs defense there, especially if they give any additional attention to Derrick Henry. I, I think that AJ Brown's going to destroy them from the slot. Washington football team at the Packers. The Packers are seven and a half point favorites here with a 48 and a half point total for the football team. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and Ricky Seals Jones all return to practice Thursday. I believe some of those were on a limited basis uh, for Green Bay offensive lineman David Bakhtiari. Returned to practice Wednesday, though he is still on the reserve slash PUP list. So he's inching closer to return. No guarantee that it will happen this week. And uh, it looks like the Devontae Adams bounce back week is coming. 36% target share leads the NFL. Washington is allowing the most receptions and second most receiving yards to wide receivers this season. And see, I think a pretty natural secondary stack that people will gravitate towards this week is having Devontae Adams and Ricky Seals-Jones in that same lineup. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones is priced up a little bit, and there is some value at tight end. But but I hear you on that. I mean, he's still 3,700. There's still plenty of value there because really what he really is right now is Logan Thomas. I mean, there, there's not much of a drop off there. He's getting the same amount of work and he's kind of doing the same things with that work. So you're still getting value at 3,700. Um, Devontae Adams makes a lot of sense. You just said how 
how bad Washington is against receivers. And Adams with that 30%, uh, 36% target share, he's also first in yards, first in receptions, and second in air yards. So you match that up with how poorly Washington handles receivers. It just seems like kind of a match made in heaven. And it's a good place if you're getting off Derrick Henry. It's a good place to pay up for Devontae Adams, obviously. I think other guys in this game that, that might be interesting on that Washington end, other than Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, I'm a little worried about Antonio Gibson, although he did return to practice today. But game script-wise, I mean, this is kind of an obvious notion, but J.D. McKissick probably gets a lot of work here for two reasons. One is because Gibson might not get a full complement of work, and I'm not sure how much they're going to lean on Jared Patterson. And two, just from a pure game script standpoint, McKissick should be in the game quite a bit, particularly in the second half. And again, if you're playing on DraftKings, even on FanDuel, you are getting points for receptions. If McKissick gets, you know, seven or eight targets and turns six of them into catches, however many yards are associated with that, he's going to pay off his his price tag at 5K. And I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play him. I think he'll be a little popular, but I don't think he's going to be too popular because of all the value we have at the running back position. Yeah, J.D. McKissick had 16 touches last week, eight receptions. Uh, he is 5K on DraftKings this week. And yeah, the one thing I worry about here is the Washington football team just got destroyed by the Chiefs. And now they have to travel to Lambeau. So it's not an easy place to play. There's a seven and a half point spread here. I like Devonta Adams a lot, but uh, Mike, I do worry that this game gets out of hand. Of course, you know, if the game gets out of hand, that means Devonta Adams probably had something to do with it, but that might cap his overall upside because I just don't know how competitive this game is going to be. So what do you think about Devonta Adams, Ricky Seals-Jones, and then any of these other ancillary pieces like JD McKissick, uh, AJ Dillon's pretty cheap at 4,600. What are we thinking there? Yeah, AJ Dillon is interesting to me. Uh, McKissick is also interesting in a tournament, but I do think you're going to need that game to stay somewhat competitive still for that to really, really pay off and matter. Um, what's interesting to me is I don't find myself on this game much at all. I thought that I would have more Devontae Adams. I'm a little worried about the rest factor for the Packers. If they are really in control of this game, I don't think they're going to be ultra aggressive. So it's important to look at what is next for them. And what's next for them is a short week on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. On, they play on Thursday Night Football next week, traveling to Arizona. If they have this game in control, I think that we could see maybe just a little bit more A.J. Dillon. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to be ultra aggressive. I don't think they're going to get anyone hurt. I think Bakhtiari will be... Try If he plays, they might yank him early. They might want to be fully healthy and fully ready to go for Arizona. So I'm downgrading them just a touch in this spot. You've seen some similar moves in the betting market that are kind of interesting on this one as well. Uh, two full points of line movement in favor of the Washington football team, despite getting one of their best linemen back potentially in this spot. Um, and I think a lot of it is due to that as I don't think that Green Bay is going to have the foot on the pedal all the way through to the end because I think that they really are looking forward to that huge matchup with the Arizona Cardinals on the short week next week. The Falcons at the Dolphins. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites with a 47 and a half point total. And on the injury front, outside linebacker Dante Fowler and safety Jalen Hawkins are questionable for the Falcons. And then for the Dolphins, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and cornerback Xavier Howard and Byron Jones all were at practice on Thursday. The first thing that stood out to me this week when I started looking at pricing was Calvin Ridley. He was down at 6,600 on DraftKings. It was his lowest salary of the season, and he is not having the year that we had hoped for to this point. His ADOT and yards per target are both way down this season, but he's still seeing 27% of the targets for the Falcons this year. He's tied for the team lead in red zone targets, and that's with missing that 
last game before the bye. Uh, and he has double-digit targets in three straight games that he's played in. So, see, how are you feeling about Calvin Ridley in this spot? And any concern with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones potentially returning this week? Because when they're completely healthy, they're usually good cornerbacks. It hasn't been the case. Um, but they didn't play last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's definitely a situation to monitor, but it's probably not going to change my opinion too much because they just haven't really been that good this season. Um, I, I like Calvin Ridley in this spot. I will say this. You're not the only one that noticed. I mean, his his ownership percentage is probably going to be like 12 to 14%, which is not a reason not to play him necessarily. But I actually think this game in general is, is an interesting – I mean, I hate leaning on the Dolphins in any capacity, but I think this is an interesting stack. But more maybe for me, it's more of an interesting secondary stack where I play Calvin Ridley and I play, for example, Jalen Waddell um, at 5,600, you know, something like that. Uh, I, I like Calvin Ridley quite a bit. You're right. The targets are going up. He's getting all the air yards. He almost has 50% of the air yards on this team, which is pretty remarkable. The Dolphins have just kind of been a doormat on defense. And if Matt Ryan coming off a bye, this this would be the game where you sort of see a little bit of the old Matt Ryan and the old Calvin Ridley, for that matter. So 6,600 is is a is quite a good price. I mean, there are guys, for example, like Robert Woods that are in this price range at 6,400, who I who I like, by the way, but he doesn't necessarily have the upside of a Calvin Ridley. So just from a perspective standpoint, for me to like Woods and ignore Calvin Ridley doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I like them both, but I think Ridley has tremendous upside at this price. Yeah, and I think Matt Ryan... Might be in play here as well. He's only 5,700 on DraftKings. He has 16 or more DraftKings points in four straight games, multiple passing touchdowns in each of those. So coming off the bye again, uh, I think, you know, if you're making a GPP lineup and, and you wanted to throw one in there with like Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and bring it back with somebody, uh, it's not something that I would be opposed to. It's just trying to figure out who that somebody is. Um, Jalen Waddle has the big game last week. But he's now up to 5,600, and Mike Gusecki is 4,700. In the two games that they've played with Tua this year, Waddle has a 24% target share, Gusecki has a 16% target share, and now we might get Devontae Parker and Preston Williams back. So, uh, Mike, what are you thinking about those Dolphins pass options uh, and anyone else in this game that you're looking at? Yeah, Matt Ryan was kind of interesting uh, when you mention it. It's if you want to play Calvin Ridley, I would play Matt Ryan. Uh, I think that the scenario that Calvin Ridley really pays off the price tag and some of that middling to elevated ownership is the scenario when he scores two touchdowns and has 100 yards, which in that case at 5,700, you're likely going to want Matt Ryan with him. So that is how I would play it. I wouldn't go stacking him with a second pass catcher, though. I think it would be all of it going to Calvin Ridley, and that's why they both get there. Um, so that's just my my advice on that one. As far as bringing it back, I would probably not bring it back with Waddle in that case. I would probably bring it back with Gasecki, who I think could see more target volume in the trailing scenario. Uh, Waddle, I think that you're still hoping for some more deep shots down the field that actually come with a neutral or positive like winning game script, actually, and less so with the negative desperation game script that might be required if Ridley has that ceiling game. So if I was to bring it back, it would be with Gusecki. Um, the price point is the problem for cash games. For standalone, like unless you just have a really, really, really strong feeling on Gusecki, and then my recommendation there would be if you're someone that has access to sportsbooks, uh, I would just simply bet his over on receiving yards and not try to jam $4,700 into the DraftKings lineup. Um, so mostly I have no real interest in the game outside of that Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and then 
You're building, you know, you could build a lineup, say Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and then you're going to have a bunch of mid range. So you could run like Daryl Henderson in there. You could run AJ Brown in there. You can run a lot of those guys that we know have had ceilings in their careers that are just going to be in that middling price point. I think that where you're going to run into trouble is if you try to jam $6,600 Calvin Ridley in there with the Tyreek Hill lineup, the Patrick Mahomes lineup, the Derrick Henry lineup. I, I don't think that that's going to work out for you very well this week. A few other pieces here on the Falcon side. Uh, Corderell Patterson now priced up to 6300 on DraftKings. He's having an, an amazing year, but Calvin Ridley back in the mix now. It's I feel like it's a little bit harder to pinpoint, although he's he's been consistent. He's just been really good this year for the Falcons. Um, Kyle Pitts is 5,900 on DraftKings, coming off that monster game, but obviously that was without Calvin Ridley. See, I kind of like Mike Davis. He's 5,200. He's playing 66% of the snaps, has a 12% target share on the season, and he leads the team in red zone opportunities. It's a good matchup against the Dolphins, too. So if you're not looking to play Matt Ryan or Calvin Ridley, um, I, I think Mike Davis at 5,200 is just too cheap for a running back in his role. When do you see the RB2 1,100 more than the RB1? And I know Corderell <laughs> Patterson's really a receiver, but he's listed as the RB2 at 6,300. I find that really interesting. Um, I think Mike Davis, if you're going to play him, it has to be in a big GPP. I, I, For me, I just see so much more value in some of the other running backs that are in at least a similar price range that I know are going to get the volume. I'm not 100% sure Mike Davis gets the volume I'm looking for. So I, I understand the play, but I'm probably not going to be making it. All right, let's move on to the Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens are six and a half point favorites here with a 46 and a half point total. This total actually opened at 48 and has been dropping a little bit throughout the course of the week. And for the Bengals, Chris Evans did not practice on Wednesday, but Samaj P. Ryan was activated off the COVID list. So there's an there's an opportunity for him to return this week. And then for the Ravens, Latavius Murray and Sammy Watkins did not practice on Thursday. Lamar Jackson. Let us down last week as the skeletons of Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell each scored a touchdown last week. It was pretty frustrating, honestly. Uh, but it seems like a pretty easy game to stack. You know, if you want to go with Lamar Jackson, he's 7,400. Mark Andrews is up to 6K. He is the top scoring fantasy tight end since week two. And you could also throw in a Marquise Brown. He's 5,800. He's you know, routinely underpriced, I would say. Rashad Bateman is all the way down at 3,400. I think he'll get some cash game consideration this week. And then you just kind of choose whatever Bengals wide receiver you want on the other side. Uh, though, obviously, Jamar Chase is the the clear alpha of the bunch at 6,200 at this point. Mike, are you looking at game stacking the Bengals at the Ravens in week seven? I am. Uh, I like Lamar a lot. I, I think that everything that I'm seeing so far, I think he's going to be an excellent leverage play uh, off of, I think obviously we know Mahomes is going to be popular, but I think he's going to have to throw. I think they're going to throw a lot more and a lot of the scoring is going to come from Lamar's legs or the passing touchdowns this week. I don't envision the scenario where all three running backs have a rushing touchdown in this game against Cincinnati. Uh, it's a division game. I know some sharps are on the other side on Cincinnati plus six and a half. I expect this game to get very competitive. Uh, once again, I would have interest in going back to T Higgins. I think he's the perfect bring back in this scenario. Um, you know, like he didn't get there last week, but that was simply due to a game script that we were not planning for at all. We didn't expect them to go in and just totally blow out the lions like they did. I don't anticipate him sitting most of the second half on the sidelines watching. So I, I like Higgins in there at 4,900 as a bring back. And then you mentioned Rashad Bateman. Bateman's going to be most likely in my cash game lineups unless something crazy happens with COVID over the next 48 hours. Um, he, he 
tied the team lead in targets in his NFL debut. Uh, he had the same number of targets as Mark Andrews in a game where they had three running backs scoring rushing touchdowns. We think that this game is going to be more competitive for them in the, in the sense in this division game. So I think that he's going to be an absolute favorite of Lamar Jackson and classic example of we're getting a $5,600 player, kind of like McCall Hardman, frankly. McCall Hardman hasn't got that bump because he hasn't landed in the end zone, had that big game yet, but he's a five to $5,600 player. Same thing here with Rashad Bateman. He's not a $3,400 player. Yep, and Bateman played 65% of the snaps in his season debut, so maybe we see that rise a little bit, 70 75%, maybe even exceeds that uh, in his second NFL game. Uh, see, I'll throw the running backs your way, and obviously you could talk about anyone else that you like in this game, but if Latavius Murray is out, would you have any interest in, I know it's kind of gross, Le'Veon Bell, 4,500, Devonta Freeman, actually looked pretty good last week, he's 4,400, or uh, Tyson Williams at 4,200, uh, and then we have obviously Joe Mixon on the other side, he's 6,500 on DraftKings, 2,300, uh, 23 touches last week, tied a season high, no, no, did not tie, he had a season high in targets and receptions last week. Running backs, anything here for you, Sia? It's pretty amazing that these running backs are on this team. I mean, it, it's almost <laughs> as if you're telling me it's like Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, and Jamal Lewis. Like, you may as well say those names because it's pretty shocking what they can do with, with this batch of running backs. And by the way, you're right. Freeman, he almost had he, – he averaged about six yards per carry last week, which is really telling, not necessarily of Devontae Freeman, but just this scheme in general and how that that – option run zone zone read works uh, for Lamar Jackson. I'm not interested in the running backs. I think if you wanted to take a shot at Devontae Freeman at 4,400 to make your lineup work, it definitely makes sense. Um, I'm not really interested in Mixon either. If anything, I'm interested in the pass catchers here. It is a little bit harder to run against the Ravens. And, and honestly, I, I'm a little surprised this total went down a little bit. I mean, the implied total for the Cincinnati Bengals is only 19.75. And of course, the Ravens is 26.25. Just to give you some perspective relative to that Kansas City game, those implied totals are 31 and 26. Again, compared to 26 and 19, I mean, it's just such a stark difference. But I expect Burrow to pass the ball quite a bit. He's going to be in a more competitive game for sure than, than he was last week. So those pass attempts will go up. And I think, listen, they, they've got a pretty good secondary. Marlon Humphrey's probably going to be matched up against Jamar Chase quite a bit. But Jamar Chase will get loose. T. Higgins has a, a reasonably good matchup. And then Tyler Boyd underneath has a pretty good matchup too. So I think all of those guys are in play, and I think this is a sneaky stack on both sides of the ball. And, I, and for the record, I do like Lamar with um, Rashad Bateman uh, or Mark Andrews, maybe even Marquise Brown. But I also think you can play Lamar naked here, even in GPPs. All right. The Panthers are at the Giants, and the Panthers are three-point favorites here on the road with a 43-point total. Terrace Marshall did not practice on Thursday with a concussion, and newly acquired Stefan Gilmore returned to practice and has a chance to play this week. So just what Daniel Jones needs one of the premier cornerbacks playing against him in Week 7. Uh, for the Giants, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, and Kadarius Toney all missed practice on Thursday. Even Sterling Shepard was limited. Uh, this could wind up being just a complete crapshoot of a game, the Panthers against the Giants. Uh, earlier this week, Matt Rule said the Panthers haven't committed to running the football enough, a.k.a. Sam Darnold is turning the ball over a ton, and he is making his return to MetLife. I don't really think that that matters for any kind of storyline here. Uh, but Chuba Hubbard, if they want to run the ball more, he is 6,100 on DraftKings. He's played over 64% per, uh, of the snaps each of the past two weeks. He has at least 17 touches in each of those games, and it's a good matchup against the Giants here. So, uh, Mike, what do you think about Chuba Hubbard? And assuming they want to run the ball more, 
that might put a cap on the upside for someone like DJ Moore or even Robbie Anderson if they want to try and get him involved? Yeah, I didn't find myself with anyone in this game. Um, I, I think that there's a chance we could play someone like Pettis at wide receiver if all the wide receivers are out, but we don't, we don't have the information needed at this point to make that call. And with Rashad Bateman at 3,400, I'm not sure that there will be a reason to get there. And is just an obvious situation where Dante Pettis is going to be wide receiver number two in this game. Like, if it's that scenario, then I think it's fine to deploy him at the bare minimum. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, I think the issue for me is everyone's available, right? Like, Chuba Hubbard versus Khalil Herbert is actually kind of a tough decision for me. Um, just because you're saving, what, $900 with Khalil Herbert, I know it's a tough matchup for him, but that savings is needed when you have a game of 57 and you're playing Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill in your lineup already. You want to get some Derrick Henry shares. You want to get some maybe Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. So I don't think I have really any interest in this game. Um, you know, if you want to play True Barber, I think it's fine. I think you might have – it probably will end up being a decent tournament leverage play. Um, but I don't think it would be one where I would be stacking. I don't think I would have a bring back. I think it would just be – I want to play Chuba Hubbard because I want to pivot off of one of the running backs that's going to be popular. But I, I overall, I don't can't envision a scenario I have anyone from this game. Yeah, and I would also say just don't play Chuba Hubbard over Daryl Henderson like I did last week because just did not work out very well. And I don't think it's going to work out very well this week either. Uh, see, any interest in anyone on the Giants' side? Uh, looks like Sterling Shepard, 5,600, could be the lone man once again uh, in the three games he has started and finished this year. He's averaging 8.7 receptions and 94.3 yards per game. So the Giants are gross, but he's he's actually performing. Um, and Devontae Booker, I'll just throw the name out there, 5,500. Uh, he dominated touches last week, 16 touches, four receptions, 72% of the snaps. Anything here on the Giants? Yeah, I like Sterling Shepard. I think Sterling Shepard is fine. We know how we know he's going to get the targets, and and I think again we're talking about volume here. That really matters. And I, I this total is low, but I expect them to be near the red zone enough times for Sterling Shepard to have some touchdown equity, especially if Slayton and Galladay are out again. And to Mike's point, I mean Pettis at at three K makes some sense too. The one thing I'll say about Carolina real quick is I thought DJ Moore would be a little bit more contrarian this week after you know what we saw last week. It looks like his ownership percentage is is over 10%, closer to like 13 14%, which makes him kind of a weak play for me at this point. Um, if you wanted to throw a Robbie Anderson dart, I don't have a problem with that because he gets a ton of targets. He just hasn't done anything with them yet. But against this giant secondary, it certainly could be time for that 4800 price tag to pay off. All right. Before we hit the break, just want to remind everyone that if you want to compete against us on DraftKings, our Fantasy Football Today DFS contest is live. $5 to enter, 150 entries total. The top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast and the YouTube description if you would like to join. Will I actually beat my dad this week? Probably yeah. not, but join and, and, and see what happens. See if you could beat my dad. I don't know. He finished fifth last week. He had a pretty damn good lineup. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll talk about the Jets. Ugh. And then the afternoon games here on Fantasy Football Today DFS. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Jets are at the Patriots, and the Patriots are seven-point favorites with a 42.5-point total. Linebacker C.J. Mosley did not practice on Wednesday for the Jets, and safety Marcus May was limited. Those are two of the better defensive players for the New York Jets, so uh, if Mosley's out, then... Someone like Damian Harris could just have a field day in this game. Uh, and then for the Patriots, linebacker Dante Hightower returned to practice on Thursday. Again, this game is pretty gross. Uh, I mentioned the name Damian Harris, 5,700. We have a lot of running backs in that range. We mentioned Mike Davis. Uh, Daryl Williams is $100 more than Damian Harris in this spot. So he scored a touchdown the last time he faced the Jets, but overall this game is just kind of gross, and he's not going to catch many passes. So, uh, Mike, do you like Damian Harris? Do you like anybody in this game? Uh, I'm not going to Damian Harris. If he gets there, that's great. Uh, I don't envision the scenario that he has the two to three touchdown day with the 100 yards that really kills me for not playing him. So as of this moment, I don't have the interest there. Um, one name that I'll give that I think is fine, I think it could be an interesting week to like fully punt the tight end position, like fully punt it if you're not playing Travis Kelsey. And when I mean fully punt it, I mean drop down all the way down from even Ricky Stills Jones. I think John o. Smith, 2,800. I still think that these division type games like this are ones where they should be using them more. I was encouraged. He actually had a rushing attempt uh, a couple games ago as well. But at 2,800, John o. Smith, like I could totally see myself punting with him, knowing that no one else is probably going to end up playing him uh, at significant high levels. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't think that I have anything. And frankly, when I do that, it's literally to ensure that I can play Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, or I mean, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup, like all in the same lineup, uh, or Derrick Henry, if you want to. Um, something like that is going to be necessary. And I think that there's a lot of lower to mid range that isn't quite the slam dunk that it usually is. So I think it projects as a week that's okay to punt that position. So almost like a stars and scrubs approach, right? Like if you want to pay up for those wide receivers or quarterback, you you need somewhere to punt, and the most likely place to do it is tight end and and obviously defense. And speaking of defense, I would imagine both of them are in play in this game. The Patriots are thirty four hundred. The Jets are twenty four hundred over on DraftKings. It's, I don't really have any interest in the Jets here. I know Corey Davis is like the de facto number one wide receiver, but it wouldn't surprise me if coming out of the break, they try and get Elijah Moore a little bit more uh, involved here. Jamison Crowder has had a role since he's returned as well. So I see anything that you're looking at here on the Jets side of things uh, or in this game in general. I wish I had a liquid death so I could just use my time <laughs> to crack that and take a sip, but I don't have one right now. So my answer is a pretty strong no. All right, we're on to the afternoon slate. The Lions are at the Rams, and the Rams are 15-point favorites in this game with a 50-and-a-half-point total. TJ Hawkinson returned to practice on Thursday. DeAndre Swift was limited. I did not see a Rams practice report yet for Thursday, but I know that Sony Michelle did not practice with a shoulder injury on Wednesday. The revenge game. I kind of feel like the revenge game narrative is its just a bit that we use in the fantasy industry. Um uh, but I also kind of feel like Matthew Stafford and DeAndre Hopkins, they might have some added motivation in their respective games this week. I will have my vengeance. 
in this life or the next. All right, can you guys name the movie that that's from? Yes. All right, see it. You're up. It's Gladiator. Yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, can I just say something about the revenge narrative, though? Yeah. I think it applies in most cases when it's a former team. But, I mean, the Lions basically helped Stafford get to a good place. True. So, if anything, he kind of owes them not embarrassing them, which, again, <laughs> if you are just if you just want to go down narrative street with me a bit, it almost makes the case better for, like, a guy like Daryl Henderson, where they're just not – or maybe Sony Michelle. But, like, really, Daryl Henderson, like, they're just – I don't think he's going to run up the score. That doesn't mean they're not going to win by 20. I just don't think you're going to see the type of thing you might see with like a Josh Allen led team or Tom Brady where they're just they're passing no matter what because that's what they do. Uh, so, I mean, again, I, I think the revenge thing for this particular situation doesn't really apply. Yeah, uh, it might actually matter for someone like DeAndre Hopkins, who's like traded away for basically nothing. It was right. David Johnson in like a draft pick or whatever. Uh, but speaking of, you know, teams that just pass and pass and pass, the Rams are sixth in pass rate over expectation this season. So that's why, you know, even when they're up by three touchdowns against the Giants last week, they're still throwing the ball because that's basically just uh, what they do. Honestly, I, like, I think the whole Rams offense is is in play um, if if you want to go down that route. Matthew Stafford is 7,100 on DraftKings. Daryl Henderson, 6,600. And I know some people might feel like they're chasing points, but I don't really feel that way. I mean, this is like a smash spot for him. Huge favorites at home. Uh, Henderson's playing 79% of the snaps. That's third most in the NFL. Uh, it's just a really good matchup against the Detroit Lions as well. Uh, so he's in the mix. Obviously, Cooper Cobb, 8,400. Robert Woods, 6,400. And then Tyler Higby is down at 4,500. Mike, how are you feeling about the Rams in this spot? It's a huge spread. What do we do? Yeah, it is a huge spread, but they're... <sighs> They're stackable for sure. Uh, I think you could almost treat them like the Kansas City Chiefs, just knowing that the public is generally not going to just totally go game stack it. But I like the pieces and the positions that they play. So if you want to play Matthew Stafford, Henderson, Cup, all three in the same lineup, I think you can do it. I don't know that I would throw Robert Woods in there. I'd probably limit it to three rather than four. But the traditional move in this spot with someone like Stafford is going to be to stack him with two of the pass catchers. I think you can get away from that just a little bit because we expect their team total to be so high in this spot that I think that you can get away with playing quarterback running back with Cooper Cup. Covers you the bases there. You get a median. Even if you get a decent game out of Cooper Cup, has his 35-point game, and you get median games where your median projection is out of the other two, I think that it could be different enough if one of the Chiefs or Titans fail in, in certain areas that it gets you different enough that you're going to, especially in, in some of those like lower max entry tournaments, that it can really elevate you uh, and apply some nice leverage with a team that's also kind of chalky. Uh, I think it's an interesting week to deploy them like that. So I'm pretty sure I will end up having a Stafford, Henderson, and uh, Cooper Cup lineup, all yeah. three. I think Daryl Henderson, I think both Daryls, Henderson and Williams, are are looking like they're going to be locks for the cash game lineup this week as of now. I mean, things could still change. It's, it's Thursday here, but uh, feeling pretty good about both of those plays right now. On the Lions side of things, DeAndre Swift is 6K. He relies so much on late game garbage time, and you know, I mean, it's fine as long as he's like still getting that production. We saw Blake Bortles make an entire season out of garbage time, so it's not completely unheard of, but like, there's going to be a few games where Swift just doesn't come through with that garbage time production, and, and then he's going to let us down in those games. Uh, Amonra St. Brown, a name that we brought up past couple of weeks, he's only 4,100. He has seven or more targets in three straight games. And then TJ Hawkinson bounced back with a pretty good game last week. Eight catches, 74 yards on 11 targets. 
He is only 5,100. Uh, Sia, gravitating towards anyone on the Lions side here, or is it all Rams for you? I, I just like this game in general. So yeah, there's lines I'm interested, particularly DeAndre Swift. So you're right about this sort of the garbage time narrative, but he also gets, he averages double digit carries per week. Obviously, Jamal Williams is, is right near there too. But when you're getting the second most targets as a running back in the NFL, and you're getting around 10 carries per game, that's going to add up, especially in a game script like this. So it's just one of those things where I think the, I think the, Pivot if you wanted to pivot off Daryl Henderson or maybe play them both. I think Swift and Henderson are very much in play uh, for different reasons, but I, I, I like Swift quite a bit. I think Amon St. Brown is interesting just because of the price. If you wanted to just pile some pieces up in this game, obviously guys like Rashad Bateman or even McCole Hardman are probably better values, especially because they're going against teams that don't have Jalen Ramsey. But with that said, if you wanted to stack up this game with over a 50-point total, it certainly makes sense to jam in a 4,100 guy. I like Robert Woods a lot. I think when you get a game like this where it's just such a disparity and they're, they're going to win prob probably by double digits, I think it makes sense to just feed Woods, keep Woods on the field the whole game, and maybe let Cup kind of sit out a little bit you know, as, the, as time is, is waning down just to get kind of – just get Woods worked in a little bit. So uh, let's what one thing to keep in mind before we move on from this game. They have a 33 point implied total. That's the highest in in the slate. I mean the the uh, Arizona Cardinals are 32 and a half, and then that um that Kansas City game, Kansas City's 31. So those points are going to have to go somewhere. So it's just it's something to consider. I know this KC Tennessee game makes a lot of sense, but that KC implied total is actually lower than the the one uh, in the Rams Lions game. See, in cash games this week, who do you like most of the highest price wide receivers? Uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, or Tyreek Hill? Adams. Same question for you, Mike. Uh, I like Tyreek, assuming that he is truly healthy and going to play. Uh, the quad injury is no joke. Like, it's definitely not just because of how he plays and how explosive he is. He is a sprinter. Like, that's just what his background essentially is. Um, so it's difficult, but I, I do think he has the most upside. Um, I, I think that this game is going to be an absolute shootout. And I, I think they're just going to pepper him with targets. It might be borderline egregious to play a defense at 5K, but if you find yourself with just some leftover salary this week, I mean, the Rams defense could just feast on Jared Goff. So I'll throw it out there. It's not something that you know we're very likely to do, but uh, man, they, they could go off in this spot. The Eagles are at the Raiders. The Raiders are three-point favorites, 48.5 point total. Dallas Goddard was activated off the COVID list, but did not practice on Thursday. I think this one's really up in the air right now, so it's going to depend on Friday's practice report for Dallas Goddard's availability. And then for the Raiders, both Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs were limited on Wednesday. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts just by himself is always in play. He just finds a way to get there. His he has between 21 and 31 DK points in each game this season, so there's something to be said for that floor-ceiling combination. Uh, both secondaries have actually played really well this season, so uh, I'm I'm looking at the running backs here. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs, 6,200. He has 17 or more touches in each game since returning from injury, and then Miles Sanders. You know, people might scoff at this, but he's down at 5,100. And I think we're close. I think we're I, we're getting there with Miles Sanders. Played 83% of the snaps last week. That was a season high. He had a few long runs against a really tough Bucks defense. And he has three or more targets in five of six games this season. So I'm looking at the running backs here in this spot, Sia. And I think it's kind of contrarian, but maybe even a mini stack of like Miles Sanders and Darren Waller. I just, I don't think anyone's going to be on Darren Waller. 
Agree. And the Eagles are really bad against the tight end. And for that matter, the Raiders are, are bad against the tight end, too, which is why if Goddard is playing and he's healthy and we're confident in it, I like a Jalen Hurts to Dallas Goddard stat quite a bit. And you bring it back with, let's say, Darren Waller or maybe Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. I mean, I think since obviously John Gruden left a couple of weeks ago, it looked like the coaching staff was opening it up even more for Derek Carr. So I think this is a really sneaky stat game. It could go completely awry because, you know, it's the Raiders and the Eagles, and we don't know how the Eagles are going to call the game ultimately. But, yeah, I like I like Devontae Smith here. I like Dallas Goddard. But to your point, I think Miles Sanders makes a lot of sense. The one thing you can definitely do against the Raiders is, is run the ball. So they allow the seventh most yards per carry. And Miles Sanders, you're right. He's he's sort of getting to that point where, first of all, the price is right. And he's getting to that point where the snap share is starting to get right. We haven't heard much about Kenny Gainwell the last couple of weeks, right? So this could be the the moment where the coaching staff is like, all right, it's, this is my, a Miles Sanders backfield. Let's feature him. Man, I really like this game. I think this one is sneaky here. It's a competitive spread here. We have a... Decently high total. We're inside of a dome here in Vegas, too. Uh, we have a cheap wide receiver, too, that we haven't even mentioned. Quez Watkins is 3,900. The playing time has been on the rise for him. He ran 25 routes last week. 23 of those were in the slot. And mentioned it before, but slot routes are more valuable than outside routes. So I'm I'm kind of interested in Quez Watkins, too, as just you know another one of those cheap pay-down wide receivers. Mike, what do you think about this game? I think it's really, really sneaky. Yeah, I like pieces of this game. We've already you guys, guys have already touched on some of them, but I like Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs both. Uh, they're super excited for this game. I know we talked about the revenge narrative. We can talk about just general narratives around games. These guys are excited to meet each other again, to see each other again, to take the football field together. I definitely think that each one of them will have a few extra targets headed their way in this game. And I think that they're both going to make some big plays in this one. So I, I like them. Uh, they have the middling price points where like in cash games, you're probably not anxious to go grab them over someone like Bateman or Nicole Hardman just because they offer similar floors to those guys in these particular matchups. And they're, you know, you're saving $2,000 by playing Bateman, right? So you're likely going to try to do that in a cash game. But I, I like Jalen Hurts. Again, we've talked about how awful Jalen Hurts has been at times. Does not matter for fantasy scoring. He just always gets there. Uh, 6900 the price point is close enough to Lamar Jackson. If you're building any sort of lineup there, then like we already talked about Bateman, by the time Sunday rolls around, Bateman's probably going to be a little bit more popular, just the way the industry works, right? Jalen Hurts is not going to get played at 6,900 when you can play Lamar for 7,400 in what is perceived to be a competitive game. So I could definitely see a lineup of Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith bringing it back with Henry Ruggs and playing in that narrative. And then you can kind of have fun with the rest of it. You can play both of the chalk running backs, Henderson and Williams. Those combinations are going to be different enough that this could even be that lineup that we talked about where you plug in Calvin Ridley as your third receiver. Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Calvin Ridley is the three running backs with Hertz is ceiling those two chalk running backs that have a very high probability of hitting. And all of a sudden, I think you have a pretty interesting start to a tournament lineup here this week. And a tournament lineup that features almost entirely Alabama Crimson Tide players. <laughs> uh, so I just started building this lineup while you were talking about it. So I have Hertz, Henderson, Darrell Williams, Devontae Smith and Ruggs, and then Ridley and Gasecki as that secondary stack in that uh, Falcons and Dolphins game. I just have the Jets defense in there right now as a, a placeholder. But 
Uh, that that leaves you sixty one hundred for your flex. So I mean, that's you could you could get a pretty damn good player uh, for sixty one hundred. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, definitely a game that I'm interested in this week. The Eagles at the Raiders. Let's move on to the Texans at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are seventeen and a half point favorites here. Forty seven and a half point total. Wide receiver Chris Conley was limited at practice for the Texans, and Tyrod Taylor still not ready to return, so Davis Mills will start once again. And then for the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds limited with a shoulder injury, which likely explains why he played a season-low 37% of the snaps last week. Uh, This game is pretty easily stackable if you'd like to do so with just the obvious pieces. It's Kyler Murray, uh, who is the highest priced quarterback, and then DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks. Not easy in terms of like salary, like obviously they're higher priced, but like I think easy in terms of like you know who you're going to stack, I guess, if you're playing this game. Um, this is Hopkins' first time playing against the Texans since he's been traded. He scored two touchdowns last week on just four targets, so that, that's a little bit fluky, uh, but still leads the team in target share so far this season. Kyler Murray is not running. Uh, recently, he only has seven rushing yards over his last two weeks, so uh, keep that in mind. Zach Ertz set to make his debut here for the Cardinals, 3,900, uh, against the worst defense against tight ends this season. Sia, are you... It's kind of an interesting one here because, like the Rams game, this, this spread is just massive, but there's obviously players that we're very interested in with Kyler and Ertz, and if you want to bring it back with Brandon Cooks, uh, what are you thinking about this game? So the problem here, this is going to sound a little contradictory because I just said, you know, with the Rams game, hey, 33 point implied total. Well, this one's a 32 and a half. The problem is the shares aren't as concentrated. I mean, in that Rams game, we have basically three players that we know the ball is going to go to for the most part. It's Daryl Henderson. It's Cooper Cup. Maybe you make the argument for Robert Woods as, as a third guy. Higby's not getting enough looks to be in that conversation here. Not only do you have four receivers to throw to, but you, well, five now with Zach Ertz, if you want to just put him in there. But now you have two running backs to contend with. As well, So it's not that Daryl Henderson situation. I mean, James Conner, yeah, his snap share went up. It, it probably is because of the Chase Edmonds shoulder injury. But this game is going to get away from the Texans. So, you know, it probably is a James Conner game. But then that begs the question, do you want to pay 5600 to to a guy who might be splitting carries, splitting opportunities? So this is a weird one. I think maybe the only shares I'm interested on the Arizona side is playing Kyler Murray naked or playing him with somebody that's like like a Zach Ertz or somebody that's just uh, really cheap. I, I'm, I can't invest in Rondell Moore at this point. So it's probably Kyler Murray naked or just grabbing a share of James Conner just to get a little bit different because I don't think people will really be going there. And if they're up as big as I suspect them to be, I mean, Conner could get 18 carries. I mean, and, and he could fall in the end zone twice easily in, in this game. So that's really all I'm interested in. I do like James Conner quite a bit on Fandle, too. He's 6,500 there, and that's where the touchdown matters more because it's half-point PPR. So uh, he already has uh, two different games with multiple touchdowns this year, James Conner. And as a huge favorite at home, he it's a pretty good spot for him, uh, obviously. The Cardinals' defense is very affordable, too. They're 3,100 on DraftKings. So uh, if, you, if you do want to grab a share of their defense, you definitely could do so. Mike, what are we thinking about this game, Cardinals and the Texans? Uh, I'm not going to play it other than I actually have a little interest in Rondell Moore just because I think that this is the same team that's going to be looking ahead to the next game. I think that he was still very clearly not one of the top two to three options uh, as of last week. I think that he could be out there for some extended snaps uh, later in this game too. Um, so I, I think that this could be a spot where they get him involved and I, I think he could definitely break one against this defense. So it's a time where you're going to 
jump back on him, get really low single digit ownership. So I'm not stacking the game, but if you need a one off play, I think it's an interesting play on Rondale. Um, other than that, I don't have any interest. I'm not playing Kyler. Kyler's not running as much. I think that's a lot by design. I think he's one, I think he's hurt Two, I think they want to make sure he's not going to get seriously hurt, especially with the start that they've had to the season. Um, there's no real reason for him to be taking off and doing that. So I I think it's a pretty easy stay away. I think the most interesting question is what are you doing with the defense? Uh, I think they will be the highest owned defense of the entire season so far. Uh, at that price point at 3,100. I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities to pivot away from that in tournaments. Uh, At 3,100, like pretty much any optimizer is going to have them in either an optimal lineup or certainly in a player pool if you're optimizing, you know, 20 to 100 lineups. So that's our cash game defense for this week, right, Arizona? Most likely. All right. Uh, last but not least, we have the Bears at the Bucks, And I should have mentioned this up at the top. So we have a 10-game slate, six games in the early part, uh, the early window, and then we have four games in the afternoon. So uh, unlike last week, I, I believe we only had three in the afternoon last week. Maybe I'm right. making that up. That, that, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. So we do have a little bit more options for, for late swaps. So something to keep in mind uh, for week seven. The Bears are at the Bucks. The Bucks are 12.5-point favorites again. So now we have you know three of the last four games that we've talked about huge spreads, uh, 12 and a half points or more, uh, 47 point total here between the bears and the bucks. And Alan Robinson did not practice on Wednesday. Darnell Mooney was limited. And then for the bucks, Antonio Brown did not practice on Thursday, as well as Levante David and Jason Pierre Paul on the defensive side of things. And I did not see an official report for Gronk, but apparently he was running, uh, at practice. So that sounds like maybe it was like a limited practice. His status is still up in the air for, Week seven. I actually want to start with the running backs here. And um, Leonard Fournette is up to 6,400, but he's still popping up as one of the top point per dollar values at running back. We already mentioned Khalil Herbert's name a little bit earlier. He's 5,200, which is too cheap for someone who just came off a game with 21 touches and realistically is probably going to come close to having 100% of the running back touches again this week, assuming that Damian Williams is out. The problem is... It's, it's just a really bad matchup. The Bucs are, are great against uh, stopping the run. So, uh, Mike, I, I wanted to ask you this question. I kind of think this Leonard Fournette thing is, you know, we talk a little bit about, like, the psychological aspect of DFS, and I'm just so conditioned to Leonard Fournette being so much cheaper that I, I don't really want to play him at this price, but based on his role and the fact that this offense is as good, good as it is, it kind of makes sense for him to still be one of the better values, even at 6,400. So what do you think about the running backs here? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get up to Leonard Fournette here, but on the other side, Khalil Herbert, I think, is someone that I do have some interest in. I know that it is a tough matchup. I think that the volume will still be there. I think that they're going to try. I think that he might become more involved in the passing game, but as of right now, they're clearly secondary pieces. I mean, if you're just in a vacuum building a lineup right now, you probably have Daryl Williams. You probably have Daryl Henderson as the two running backs if you're not paying for Derrick Henry. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette is pretty clearly one of the better leverage plays there just because he could easily have that two touchdown game where Henderson doesn't or Daryl Williams doesn't get there uh, that, that can give you just enough differentiation. There's also a scenario where you could play all three of those guys if you wanted to um, using the flex. And, and I think that that would be a very unique build. I don't think people are going to jam all three in. Um, so Fournette is in play. Um, if you're going to do that, you're 
likely committing to not playing Derrick Henry. Uh, you're likely playing, because I, I don't see the scenario where you're really passing on Daryl Williams, for example, this weekend. Um, so if you're doing that, it kind of dictates the way the rest of your lineup looks. And that means you're probably playing someone like Rashad Bateman. Um, you know, just have to think about how you want to build your lineups and what pieces you want. But as of right now, they're not core pieces for me by any means, but I certainly haven't eliminated them from the player pool. And based on what news we get in the next 48 hours, we'll kind of determine, um, you know, where we go with that flex uh, spot. I mentioned earlier that uh, Calvin Ridley was really the first name that stood out to me this week in terms of salary. Chris Godwin was the other one. He's now priced below 6K. He is 5,900 on DraftKings. He is the cheapest of the three Tampa Bay Bucks wide receivers. And we'll see what happens with Antonio Brown at Friday's practice. But I mean, if he ruled, if he's ruled out, like Chris Godwin is just going to be like basically an autoplay uh, or suppose it he's he's gonna have very high ownership basically is the point there I don't mind uh see if you just want to do like a secondary stack with Chris Godwin and then maybe even bring it back with someone like Darnell Mooney just because he's pretty cheap he's 4600 and he has a 29 percent target share in the games that Justin Fields has started this season so I, I think it's like a good way to get exposure to this game and not really breaking the bank to do so yeah, I'm not going to do the secondary stack, but I love Chris Godwin. I think 5,900 is is pretty egregious. And especially to your point, if Antonio Brown is out, or even if we kind of find out he's limited and he's he's going to be active, but like, you know, we, we can kind of infer he's not going to get a full complement of snaps. Godwin runs so many routes. I believe he's run the most routes in the NFL. And we he hasn't really had the breakout game yet. And what better way to get a breakout game than in a matchup where, you can just kind of focus on like Brady can just sort of focus on peppering him because this game isn't going to be super competitive and you have AB who's dinged up and you have Rob Gronkowski who we're not sure about. So this one really makes sense to me. In fact, when we get to our value chalk and contrarian plays, I'll tell you right now, I'm changing my value play from T Higgins to Chris Godwin, even though he's more expensive. T Higgins is an excellent price. Uh, I, I just really like Chris Godwin. All right. Speaking of which, Let's do that right now. The Week 7 Cheat Sheet, our favorite value, chalk, contrarian plays, plus our favorite stacks. He already gave us a little bit of a sneak peek. Who else do you have here uh, outside of Chris Godwin as your value play? So you see me typing in Chris Godwin. I will say this, though. I did have T. Higgins in there, and at his price, I really, really like that. It's almost like a 1A, 1B. So for you know, we have the cheat sheet that we're going to put up out on Twitter and social media, but just keep T. Higgins in mind because I think that's a really great play. Uh, chalk play is going to be Daryl Williams, and we talked about this game. We talked about whether you're stacking that game or not. I think getting Daryl Williams is really important because he's getting more work than CEH, and that's because he's a better running back than CEH. So this is a smash spot for really anybody on Kansas City but especially the guy who's going to basically get all of the carries in the game. McKinnon didn't get a ton of work last week. Okay, let's see. We've got, what's the next one? Contrarian. Contrarian. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, I, I like Henry Ruggs a lot. We talked about him. That Philly uh, Raiders game in general might be super sneaky. So I think Ruggs makes a ton of sense. And then the stack for me, speaking of that game, is Hurts to Devontae Smith. I'll, I'll Full disclosure, it was going to be Hurts to Dallas Goddard. But I'm just not 100% sure about Dallas Goddard's status, so I do not mind pivoting from Hurts to Devontae Smith. I think if we get a good Hurts for two to three quarters, which is possible, this could be an absolute smash spot for him and a lot of other players on both sides of the ball in this game. 
All right, Mike, you are up. Value, chalk, contrarian stack. And for anyone who is watching on the YouTube side of things, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, you see the sun glaring in on Mike McClure right now. He kind of looks like a, a ghostly type being uh, with Halloween approaching here. Mike, who do you have as your week seven cheat sheet plays? Yeah, I got to remember to shut those blinds on that side uh, this time of year. The sun has shifted just enough. Um, all right, so my value play is going to be Rashad Bateman. We've talked ready. He's just simply not a $3,400 wide receiver. I think it's a great spot for him. I think the game's going to be very competitive. So Rashad Bateman, 3,400 makes a ton of sense. Uh, my chalk play going to be AJ Brown going to stick in that Kansas City, Tennessee game. I think that he's going to crush this Kansas City defense from the slot. I really don't think it matters whether or not Julio Jones is out there. Um, just simply too cheap, really 6,300, like when everything is right and when he's going well or based off the role that he had in that last game, he should be $7,100 probably, if not more. So great value on AJ. My contrarian play going to be Devonte Smith. I uh, just mentioned that uh, Henry Ruggs after C, I mentioned him there. I think this is a great spot for Devonte Smith. Uh, I think that these guys are going to go at each other in terms of trying to show each other up. And I think it's a great matchup. Should be a very competitive game. Uh, and I, I think it's a good spot for him. And then the stack, uh, this one, I, it took me a long time. Like I was going back and forth for probably a day or two on this one. But I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I just think it's a great game environment, obviously. They're on the road, going to be very competitive. And, you know, I'm just kidding. Of course, it's Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I mean, I, I've got to commend you for that one, right? Like week in, week out, like you were going out on a limb here with uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Now, I love it. I mean, it makes sense. I think it's going to be popular in both cash and, and in GPPs just based on that that uh that game for this week and that total for me value play this week i originally had a monroe st brown in here but i'm gonna go with miko hardman just again a way to get cheaper exposure to that game uh he's only 4300 on DraftKings, still has a pretty solid role uh with the kansas city chiefs and if Tyreek Hill is, is limited in any way or even manages to leave, then we could see uh, some pretty big upside from Miko Hardman. Chalk play for me. Uh, see, you had one of the Daryls. I'm going to go with uh, the other one. Daryl Henderson, 6,600, going up against the Detroit Lions at home. Huge favorite. Great matchup. He's had an awesome role this year. He's playing a ton of snaps. He's catching the ball. They're using him in the red zone. A lot to like with Daryl Henderson, though he will be very popular this week. Contrarian for me, Miles Sanders, 5,100. He's close. 83% of the snaps last week. He's getting some targets. Uh, I think, you know, it gives you good exposure too, right? Like if other people are in on Jalen Hurts and, and just the past games here, uh, and Miles Sanders just breaks off like two of these long runs that we know he's capable of, could just be an absolute uh, awesome contrarian leverage play there with Miles Sanders. And then the stack for me, my hashtag analysis of the week, Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. And this is just purely revenge narrative base like I think that they're going to try and feed DeAndre Hopkins I know that they spread the ball around but the Texans defense is bad and DeAndre Hopkins is hashtag good so I think Kyler Murray to Hopkins uh they they get in the end zone at least once this week maybe even twice uh and I wouldn't mind bringing it back there with Brandon Cooks in that game we're gonna wrap there for Sia and Mike I am Frank thank you all for listening and watching fantasy football today DFS the next time that you hear us will be Tuesday when we recap everything from week seven. We'll see you then.